Thank you guys so much. I appreciate that. Hey man, thank you. Thank God for these ministries that are happening, what God's doing, and uh, there's so many great places to connect. I, I tell people this all the time in our Life Track. We'll be announcing our new Life Track series coming up soon. That's how to get connected and become a member, be a part of Calvary. And one of the things I tell them is that have you ever, uh, you know, when you go to the car wash, you see that, you know, they, they get you in with that. It used to be $5. I think it's $7 now. So, you know, $7 car wash. And you pull up to the kiosk to pay. What does it say? You know, basic, kind of that kind of downplay, the basic, no frills. You don't get much, you know, 7 But then for 10 you get this. But for 15 you know, you, you really get this. So let me tell you something. If you just come to Calvary and, and never connect, you're, you're getting the $7 experience. But for without you paying the upcharge, if you connect to one of these groups, these many things you see that's happening here, let me tell you, you get the $15 Calvary experience. So it's up to you. I, I saw one place, I thought this was funny. This, this one, uh, I don't know what you call them now, my wife and daughters make fun of me, uh, where men got their hair cut growing up was the barbershop. And the, and the ladies went to the beauty shop. I remember them. You might remember those terms. Am I the only one? Yes, but now, so I still call the, and, and so here's Julie on the front row. So I'm seeing, she's owner of one of these. But I still call, sorry, I call the, the place the ladies go, the, the beauty shop. And they said, that, don't say that anymore, please. It's the salon. I said, okay, so salon, not the beauty shop. But I, I saw one of these places, whether it be the beauty shop or the salon, the barbershop, it was on this side of the street. It said $6 haircuts. And then there was a real salon on the other side of the street. It's, their sign says, we fix $6 haircuts. So <laughs> usually you get what you pay for, don't you? And so, uh, so what I'm telling you, is that if you go to Calvary, you can, you can just come, and we're glad you're coming. But for your benefit, I would love for you to take a step out, make a connection to a small group, a life group, a ministry group. Pastor Emilio was telling me yesterday at our Decatur Dream Center, you know, we have a, a Lawrence County Dream Center as well. Yesterday at the Decatur Dream Center, people were saved. People were healed and had testimonies of healing. Uh, children were ministered to. Hot meal was served. Groceries were given away. People were encouraged. Uh, I'm going to tell you there are so many wonderful things to do. And let me encourage you, uh, you know, if, if you'll come to Calvary, we'll fix your $7 church experience, all right? We'll fix it for you and get it right, and you'll enjoy what you're doing if you'll come here. Okay, good. All right, let's, let's, let's look at our... And by the way... Does it, does it bother anybody other than me? I mean, I get our announcement for the men's retreat. We didn't make that one. We're part. There, there are 500 men that are going to gather to this statewide men's encounter. But, you know, everything that, that I just got to say this before I go on, okay? But, you know, there is an attack on authentic manhood in our culture today. And, it, and, and, and men of God are, uh, you know, we're, we're not seeing what we want to see. But I'm going to tell you, at Calvary Assembly and in many other places, God is resurrecting authentic manhood. And I believe in Jesus' name that authentic manhood is not going to die. It's going to be resurrected. Can somebody say amen? And we're going to see mighty, mighty, mighty men of God. I'm excited about that. Well, I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 9. So if you're looking to, if you want to go to a church where we've given up, you're in the wrong church. 
Okay? If you want to go to a church where we're just holding on to Jesus comes, this is the wrong place. If you want to go to a church where we're sad, you're sad, they're sad, and the devil's bad, this is the wrong church. But if you want to overcome, win this thing, see God do great things, save your family, turn your life around, and see God do that for a lot of other people, you're in the right place. Amen. We're here this month talking about kingdom builders. One of the most exciting things we've ever done as a church family. We launched this last year. It wraps up at the end of this month, uh, first Sunday of October. We start a new year. So we're, we're looking back. We're celebrating. We're learning. We're, we're, we're getting loaded for the next step. It's been life-changing, and it's impacted thousands and thousands of lives. There are three passages I've been reading, and I want to read those again and again and again until we get these passages. Sometimes uh, we, we read something and go on, and we, we come to church, and we hear a message, and, and we leave it. We don't even take it with us, but we're, I want to impact your thinking. I want to revolutionize how you look at yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, how you look at God how you look at the world around us. And so I want to want to hit these, these verses. Before I read them, let me say something to you, to everybody in this room. I don't know if anybody else has greeted you today, but I want to say good morning overcomers. You are overcomers in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning planet shakers. Come on. Good morning dream makers. Good morning kingdom Builders, this is who we are. It's what we do. Amen. Aren't you thankful that God has given us this assignment? We've been saved by the grace of God. How many of you have been saved by the grace of God? Jesus took my place on the cross, paid for my sin. I'm thankful. If I'm saved by the grace of God, you know what? We're called in this place today. Did you know that everyone is? We're called, we're equipped, we're chosen, we have a mandate on our life, we have a purpose for our life. I'm praying that you're, you're uh, joining the Calvary family. What we're learning this month gives you that aha moment where it fits, where you go, my goodness, that's why God saved me. That's why I have this gift. That's why I have this passion. That's why I want to do these things for God. Our identity in Christ, this cause that God's given us, this, this plan. So I want to read these three passages that very clearly show the will and the heart of God. You know, if we're doing what God wants us to do, if you're living in the will of God, you can be sure that God's hand is on your life. If you're doing what God loves, you can be sure the blessing of God is on your life. And so these three passages help us. Let's read again. Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse number 35. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. There's the ministry of Jesus. I told you last week that's what the church is to be doing. We do what he did. We're the body of Christ. We, we are the structure, the channel, the vehicle through which he does his work on the earth today. We need to stop thinking that everything is shifted, and we need to start praying that everything Jesus is can happen now through his church. Does anybody say amen to that? Now, guys, I want to be very clear. We do a lot of what might be called social justice things here through the ministries of Calvary. We, we feed thousands of people every year. Pastor Emilio can verify this through our dream centers. This isn't a 
uh, just a, a, a verbiage or just a saying, we literally give away tons of food every year. Tons, as in 2,000 pounds a ton is given away. So we're very committed to that. We provide free adult education. We minister to children. We connect people to social services. We do those things. We are very involved in that. We refuse to believe that that we can just talk a good game. We want to prove what we believe. We are not just going to, you know, we found out it's kind of hard to share Christ with a hungry man. So we feed him, and then we can tell him about Christ. That we do those things. That's our DNA. We work hard. We give hard. We serve hard to get those things done. But we don't stop there. And I think, and, and again, this isn't a knock on other organizations because they are doing what they can do. They cannot do what we can do. But the difference between your church, the difference that should be there, and benevolent ministries, social ministries, that things like the Kiwanis Club and the Lions Club and the Civitan Club, great, great thing is that we not only feed and, and, and provide help in those ways, but we also do what Jesus did. We teach the Word of God. We preach the good news of the kingdom. And by His authority and enablement, we bring healing to those that are hurting. How many are thankful that's what your church is and that's what we do, that's who we are? That's what Jesus did. We, we do, we, it's not either or, it's all. So while he's doing that, watch what happens. Verse 36, when he saw crowds, he had compassion on them. Church family, do you know that we face a danger in the American church? That we have been so blessed by God that most of us sitting in this room today, oh, we, we, we have challenges and fights. Listen, since I've been a Christian, I've, I've had to... I've, I've had to go to war and, and with the grace of God and face some big mean devils in my life. Anybody else ever had some opposition? I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death as a believer. I've, I've had all of hell throw everything at me, including the kitchen sink. I've had some days, had I known the day was going to be that bad, I would have stayed in bed that morning and not got up. But God brought me through. Anybody understand on the other side? So I'm not saying it's a magic carpet ride, but if God be for you, who can be against you? Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome this world. He's for us. He's on our side. We're promised the other side of this thing. But what I want you to understand is that sometimes we're so blessed. We're so blessed. We're eating. Our needs are met. We're coming in here. We're connected to a church family. We walk in a place and we hear the word of God and we've worshiped and God is good and, and, and we're blessed. And let me tell you, if you want friends, you can have friends around here. You know, the Bible said he that wants to have friends should show himself friendly. Come on. Now, you know, there's always going to be those ninja Christians. Or let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Ninja church attenders. What does that mean? Well, you know what happens not trying to throw rocks at anybody, but ninja, you know. They wait. Church has started. Lights are low for worship. <laughs> Grab a chair. Didn't have to look at him. Didn't talk to anybody. And just at the end, when pastor says, we're, okay, let's all stand. You know, we're going we're, we're gonna to pray together. Then it's back in ninja mode. They slip out the back door before the usher. Anybody can find them. In the parking lot. Give me five. We made it again. Nobody saw us. 
Nobody talked to us. And then somebody said, tell me about your church. Said, it's the most unfriendly church I've ever been in. Give us a shot, buddy. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> okay, I can see that's going over well. You know, you want to have friends, you show yourself friendly. You know, it's that guy comes in the church and looks like the Grinch, sits there like the Grinch, walks out like the Grinch. Nobody will talk to me. Have you looked at your face recently? That keep out sign. I mean, it's neon keep out sign. I mean, it's like you scared the children when you want. Anyway, okay. So, so here's the deal. We come. We're blessed. If you want friends, you got friends. If you want to connect, it's easy. We got tables sitting out there. Put your name down. We'll call. I mean, you understand. We, we're connected. We, we're blessed. We have family. We have community. But, but, and sometimes, you know what happens? We forget about where we came from. And Jesus went into the middle of that and he said, I have compassion on them. Because what? They're harassed and they're helpless like we used to be. And there's a, a missing commodity sometimes of compassion. Compassion. The people who disagree with us because we believers are not our enemies. They're our harvest field. They're not people that are our problem. They're our possibilities. And we have to be motivated by compassion. When we see this world we're living in, the response of God's people is compassion. Compassion. So he saw their hurt. He felt their hurt. And so what did he do? Verse 37. Then he says to his disciples, guys, the harvest is everywhere. We just don't have enough workers. Everybody's staying in the house. Everybody is, you, you got me dodging this thing. And he said, hey, we, we, we've got to pray. So what does heaven pray? Heaven prays for laborers. Heaven prays, I believe all the time. I believe part of the intercession of Jesus is not only praying for his church to be well and healthy and blessed. I believe, listen, I believe he's praying for us and he's saying, oh, Father, I ask that they see the harvest field. I ask that their eyes are open. I ask that they feel what these people feel. I ask that they remember where you brought them from. Lord, I pray for laborers. That's the heart of God. Let's go to John chapter 4 and verse 34. Let me, let me move along a little more quickly. John 4 and verse 34. Please find these verses. If you've got a, uh, in your, your Bible, underline them. If you've got a device, highlight them. Let's look at this. John 4, 34. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. That's amazing to me. The will of God. What is the will of God? It began on a cross. Jesus died on the cross for us, was raised from the dead. And he says the will of God is our food. It's our life. We want to complete what Jesus started. We want to tell as many people as quickly as we can the good news of Jesus. And then he says this. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest now. Do you know one of the greatest tools the devil wins with is not that we deny God. It's not that we don't believe in God. It's not that we don't amen the message. It's not that we don't believe people need Christ. His greatest weapon most of the time is procrastination. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to do it. Boy, in four months, we're going to get in the harvest field. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. There's an urgency 
for the harvest that's right there right now. So we see the heart of God. We see the prayer of heaven. We see the urgency of heaven. Then let's go to 2 Corinthians 9. Let me just briefly read this. So how do we do this? If, if Jesus says, get out in the field, pray for laborers, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, then, then what do we do? What does that look like? How, what's the spiritual harvest field? Who are the spiritual laborers, you and I? How do we do this? What's the plan of God? How do we see this, this region we live in come to Christ? How do we see our families come to Christ? How do we see our schools and industry and economy uh, impacted? How does our nation come to Christ and the world beyond? 2 Corinthians 9.10, we we don't do it by ourselves, but we work with God. Verse 10 says, now he, God, who supplies seed, the word, our finances, our time, our talent, our treasure, he who supplies seed to the sower, you and I are the sowers. That's stunning to me. God supplies the seed, but he trusts you and I to sow. We're in a partnership. It's a heaven and earth thing. So he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, he's going to take care of you while you're doing your harvesting, will also supply. And what does God want to do? Increase your seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Look at this. You'll be made rich in every way. That's not a selfish, ugly, Western civilization theological statement because read it you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God see we're kingdom builders we're we're, we're looking at this thing what is what is kingdom builders do what did we say we would do last year we said that there were three areas that we would believe God by faith to go above our tithing because the world needs this message. And we prayed. We said, God, show us what you want us to do. And this church family did it amazingly. Three areas we said we'd do. And I'm going to show you again. I want everybody to have a chance to see this. We said we're going to give to local and global missions. Start here with our dream centers and our, our feeding programs. And Jesus and his friends and our outreach and serve the city. And then we're going to go to the ends of the earth. We said we're going to, then second area, we're going to raise up young leaders See, guys, if we don't have anyone to hand a baton off with, we lose the race every time. How many hear what I'm saying? This is a relay race. How many hear what I'm saying? It's a relay race. It's not about me. It's about me being part of something bigger than me. If I don't hand the baton off, my team loses. If there's no successor, there's no success in this church. And so we are building new leaders, the next generation. Third thing we said was to develop, continue to develop the mother church, Calvary, our campuses, so that we can have growth and keep reaching out. So this is what we did, church family. You guys pledged, or no, gave $242,714 in the last months of 1st of October to now. That is a miracle. You Blew me away. I'm usually the big picture guy with faith and scared people's doors off. And I was thinking this first year we've never done it. $180,000. Look what this church family did. Come on, let's thank God for that. $242,714.80. I'm blown away with that. Now, I, I don't, look, they changed it. Yes, yes, yes. I love my guys paying attention to me. In the first service, it's, uh, let's give our, our media team a hand. Come on. That's for all you guys and ladies. Because in the first service it said expenses. I said, that's, that's a shallow word for what that did. We invested 
How many can say amen? We invested to this day, or really to start of September, 230683 Pastor, what about the other 12? As I said, we're winding through the end of September. We'll get there. This is coming and going as it comes. All right? So what do we do with that? The three areas. Let's go next. So our interns, raising up our next generation of leaders, we invested 31325 We gave to world missions 87398 Very quickly, let me run you through this. What does that entail? Israel, we believe from Scripture. God dealt with us very clearly about our first giving in world reach was Israel. We did that. South Africa, we trained pastors. I was going to go back in October just to show you, you always have to take care of the doors. I was going back in October with another group. They were going to, we, we were so successful. God did such a great job. We were pleased and privileged to be a part of it. It was so successful. Seven to 8,000 leaders that we were now going to go and spread out in certain areas. There's, there's a lot of political unrest in South Africa right now. It is boiling. And last week they called us and said, we can't guarantee your safety if you go into these areas that we, we want you to be in right now. In fact, the president is calling for a national day of prayer in October when we would have been there. He's, he's asking for every pastor and church in South Africa. We need to be praying with them. This, the country is going through turmoil. You don't hear a lot about it. It's outlying areas. But we were there when the doors opened. We'll go back. Kenya, we partnered with Children's Ministry. Brazil, we introduced Five Star Man to the nation. Zambia, we're there with Joel and Caitlin Rath out in the bush. They are living in a tent and preaching the gospel. Uh, Alyssa Sohn, another young single lady from our church in a, in a, in a sensitive area. We're not to give the name. She's working there. We're blessed to be there. Europe, Gerald Branham, he is a regional director over Western Europe that is now 2 to 3% Christian. Did you hear me? Two to three percent Christian, the entire Western Europe has fallen away from Christ. And let me tell you, long before Islam came in, this had already begun to happen. I believe that opened the door for Islam to come in. Let me tell you something. What happened to Christianity in Western Europe? The very thing going on in America today. The society became so secular. God was trying to be removed out of every area. You've seen the beautiful cathedrals built all over Europe. They're museums and community halls today. They're empty. What happened? They put God out of school. They put God out of family. They put God out of culture. They turned their backs on God. And the continent that sent the gospel to this nation now is one of the darkest places on the planet as far as Christianity is concerned. It's shocking. But it's never too late for God to come in and do something. So we're partnering with those who sent it to us. Nepal, our Auburn University, Kyle Alpha is a ministry that is sending out missionaries on our large college campuses. What a huge ministry. Craig and April Woodrow were in Calvary for a period of time. Nepal, building the first spirit-filled Bible college in the history of the nation. Germany, Kyle in South University of South Alabama, Kyle uh, the church development in Alaska, Indonesia, the Duncan family in the midst of one of the largest uh, Islamic populations on the planet in Indonesia, Spain, Steve Insminger, uh, Family International Ministries helping churches and pastors get to the mission field the first time. Eurasia, David Grant, that's Project Rescue, where every day, every night, 24 hours a day, we're rescuing women and children out of sex trafficking. South Africa, Charles Hasselbring, building churches for the pastors we're helping. Venezuela, Gary Heine, one of the most ravaged countries in the world. We're helping keep the orphanage open. Austria, Larry Henderson, Phyllis and I will be ministering again in Western Europe with them helping build the church there. The Los Angeles 
Kansas Dream Center that launched all the dream centers in the country and around the world, Paraguay, Cynthia Lucas, Lucas, Ecuador, Africa, Mexico with children. It's where we built the school and the church. Italy, Light Publishers, uh, Timothy Pipkin, Japan, Susan Ricketts, a young single lady from Alabama, Ben Russell leading uh, youth outreach on uh, high school and junior high campuses, the school campuses, uh, state schools here in Alabama. It's an open door. France, uh, John Williamson, a chaplain to professional athletes and college teams. Outreach Ministries of Alabama, which is a, another drug and alcohol ministry. Way FM, you enjoy that ministry. Tom and Sue Ewing attend Calvary. He's manager of Way FM. And then Philip Cameron's been added to this, and we're helping them, of course, there in Moldova. Amazing things that are happening. Local ministry, Jesus and his friends, our, our December outreach, serve the city in the summer. Professional women, pumps and perils, hundreds of ladies, dream centers, social media. This year, look at this, 136 sermon views, 136,000 sermon views, 4,358 sermons downloaded, and number of people who had a content or who downloaded content from our screen on our face on our website, 711,000 in this last year. Come on, let's thank God, guys. God's up to something big here. So here it is, income. Uh, was 242,000. We invested 230,000. Interns, 31,3. World missions, 87,3. Local outreach, 111,9. Balance, 12, which by the end of the month, that'll be gone too. So how many are thankful that we are doing what the heart of God said? And Calvary family, you guys are doing that. It's just amazing to see what God is doing. I believe this is the heart of God and the urgency of God. If you want to know what it does when I'm doing sticking papers like this, it's called editing my sermon. And so here, here's, here's what I want you to see. We, we are right now doing the Great Commission. Come on, how many are thankful for that? Doing what God wants us to do. And let me tell you what Kingdom Builders, we said last year, you know what? We want to be proactive, not just reactive. We want to be ahead of the game. We want to be there before it happens. We want to be intentional. So how many, did anybody miss the hurricane bearing down on the East Coast? All right, Hurricane Florence. And so what do we do? Because we're Christians and we're generous. I want to help. Is anybody helping? What can we do? That's reactive. So it happens, you say, there's a hurricane. What are we going to do? We're there because we partner with him. You say, well, where do I give my money? When you're doing kingdom builders, you already put your money in it. Isn't that amazing? You see that that was the plan. So when there's a catastrophe, convoy hope, Again, just like we said earlier, we're not only feeding and helping and clothing and encouraging, but we're preaching Jesus with it. So you see the power of what we do. Guys, let me try to, let me try to bring this to a, to a close here today. Listen closely to me. I shared with you last week at the end of the message how God had been so gracious to Phyllis and I and, and to bring us through the steps and build our faith. And I told you about that event when I had been called in the ministry, saved and called in the ministry, and, and, and I left the college I was in and my scholarships and, and my career and my promise of employment after I graduated. And we walked off from all of that just like you would do. And, and I went to the college God had sent me to, and, and, and I'd left all my financial support, and, and I went to this new college, and, and it's my last semester, and, 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 I'm, and I'm brand new married, and I'm trying to figure this out, and I go through registration, and I get to the finance office, and, 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 and let me tell you what I was guilty of. Listen to me. Maybe you've done this before. I, was, I had a minimum mentality. How many heard what I just said? I had a minimum mentality, and I went in there, and I said, listen, what is the minimum I can pay to go to class Monday? What's the smallest amount? I'll set up a payment. What's the minimum amount? And they said, well, we'll look at your, we'll look here. And the lady came back and she said, well, George, your tuition's paid for. 
I nearly fainted. I said, let's make sure because I sure didn't pay for it. I said, what happened? She said, we got a check this week from a man from out of state that said, put this on George Sawyer's tuition. Man, I was so happy. And for a long time, listen to me, that's all I got. That's all I saw. I saw what God did for me. I saw that God touched a man in another state who contacted a college and and helped me take the step he told me to take. And, And that's all I saw. But listen to me. You know that as I've gone and as I've moved and as we stayed in ministry, that my I started with this thing I taught you last week, how to, how to work a plan, how to write down a vision, how to hold on to a dream. And you know I have a dream to be a soul millionaire, right? You're part of that dream. Sorry, you're part of it, to be a soul millionaire. You make the dollar millionaires, okay? I bless you with ability to make money. Amen. How many receive that in Jesus' name? I bless you with that. I bless you to do that. I, I don't want, I don't really, I mean, you know, I mean, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if I had a million dollars, but that's not my passion. I don't get up in the morning and want to make a million dollars. I get up in the morning, I want to win a million souls to Jesus. Say, that's a crazy number. I know, but he's a big God. And I just figure he's done so much to me, I want to leave a mark. When I die, I want the devil to be so happy he comes to my funeral. Say, what in the world does that mean? Then he said, thank God, the devil, thank God he's out of here. I mean, I want to rattle that bad boy's cage. Does anybody get this? Okay, so I want to be a soul millionaire. I don't know where I am. I'm just working hard. We're, 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 we're all over the world. Who knows where we are? But here's what I want you to see. One day as I was praying about that, get this guy, because this is you. This is kingdom builders. I was praying about that. And God said, you know that man that sent the check, that got you started, that built your faith? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you know, the soul millionaire thing I put on the heart, your dream? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I want you to know that every soul that's one to Christ, he's part of it. He gets credit in heaven because he sowed the seed in your life at that moment that pushed you forward. Do you understand that? He, in the eyes of heaven, gets as much credit as me, maybe more. You understand that? That's kingdom builders. Paul Youngie Cho has recently retired built the largest church in the world. I don't know about building, and that's massive. I'm talking about people. 800,000 adult members. 800,000. He began the church with a thrown away army tent from the U.S. Army after the Korean War ended in a slum in Seoul, South Korea. He grew up a little Buddhist boy. He was dying with with a disease. I believe it was tuberculosis, but but it was a life-threatening disease. A little young Buddhist Late teenager, early adult. And he met a young American girl who was the daughter of an American missionary family who was sent to South Korea by some of God churches like this. And the girl shared her faith with Paul Youngie Cho and prayed for God to heal his body, and God did. And God healed him and saved him and called him into ministry. And he built the largest church in the world. But when he stands before God and celebrating the millions of people who've been impacted through his life and ministry, there will be a little girl 
standing beside him who led him to Jesus. And next to her will be her parents who said yes to the mission field. And next to them will be the church that sent them to the mission field. And in the eyes of God, they are on the same level because when you sow, when you invest, do you see? Oh, oh, sorry, I'm trying to come. I love giving to kingdom builders because I go where I could never go. I'm a part of what I could never do a part. Do you understand when you get to heaven, you're going to be inundated with people who want to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You sent them. You cared. You loved. You didn't know me. You didn't know my family, but you did what you could. That's kingdom builder. I've been to Chennai, India, to a church Pastor by David Mohan, the church is on one acre of land. We have 182 acres here. One acre. 35,000 people come to church every Sunday there. On one acre. The building just goes up seven or eight floors. They got this language on this floor and this one, this one. And I, was, I had the wonderful privilege of preaching there in the main service on Sunday. It's 7 a.m. in Chennai, India. It used to be Madras. It's hotter at 7 a.m. than where the devil lives. That's all I can say. And that's before the building fills up. No, air, no AC. <laughs> ladies, ladies, be happy you're going to church in Alabama today because you hadn't heard the worst yet. So the building's filling up, filling up hotter, 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 hotter. 7 o'clock in the morning, hot. It's steaming. It's steaming. Hot, hot, hot. And when all the chairs are full, then the women get up and sit in the aisles and on the floor. And the men and children sit in all the chairs. And then in a few minutes, you can't see the floor. There is no floor. It's just a sea of people that that have crammed in this, built for 2,000. There's 5,000 people in it. They do it seven times. If the fire marshal from the U.S. came in there, he'd have a stroke. I mean, you talk about exit. There's no exit. I mean, either we're going to go to heaven or we're dead if the fire starts in here. I mean, it's nothing. So it's hot. There's wall-to-wall people. But David Mohan was a young Hindu boy who was growing up without any hope of Jesus, but a missionary that guys like you sent left their home and their family and the comforts of America, went to a foreign country and learned a strange language and raised their children in that place and found this young man. And he started a Bible study in his home. And now they're building a church. The church will seat 50,000. And they'll do it God only knows how many times a day in there. And it doesn't have air conditioning in the new one either. What happened? Someone said, life's bigger than me. I want to I, I invest in the things that are eternal. I, I want to do that. that you know, and, and I told you, everybody that's life was impacted last year, they're not standing here saying thank you, but you're going to see them someday. But I can tell you, heaven is saying thank you. Here's the deal. I want you to see this. What do we, how, so, Pastor, how do we do something like this? Well, let, let me, listen, this, this is the kind of things that happen. I, I told this is a testimony. I'd love to hear your testimony. Please get them to us. We'll keep your numbers and name confidential. Just a message. See, what, where do we start? I said, well, you, you've got to have a plan. You work the plan, right? You work the plan. What do you mean, Pastor, a plan? Well, just like you'd make a plan to do anything with your finances. You make a plan. You commit to the plan. You buy something, you say, I'm going to pay this much a month until it's paid off. You made a plan. You worked the plan. 
God, this is what I'm going to give to kingdom builders over and above my tithe. Listen, let me help you. If you're not tithing, you start tithing. Well, pastor, I want to do all this exciting kingdom builders. Listen, if you're not tithing and you start tithing, you keep the house healthy so we can do kingdom builders. Work the plan. Do it God's way. Don't jump. Start there. See, start there. Look, tithing is how we do everything we do here. It's how, it's how we have ministry. It's how we have staff and church and utilities and buildings and all these things we do. It, it's, it's tithing. These kingdom builders let us go, take some limits off. So you work the plan. If you're not a tither, you start tithing. It's okay. You don't, start there. But if you're tithing, you say, I want to do this kingdom builders. And you look and say, what could I do above that? What, what could I do here? And, and you make a plan and you just do it. That's where you start. But see, after you begin to do that plan, listen, there's step. What happens? Then you begin to, as you're praying, God starts nudging something in here. And that's called vision. So you work the plan, but you write the vision down. The vision is not just what I can do, but what happens when God gets involved in this thing? What happens when God begins to, and now it's God's resources and not mine. Listen to this testimony. It says, uh, this lady says she and her husband made a weekly kingdom builders offering uh, a commitment. And, and this is the word. It was a stretch. It wasn't what can I afford. It was what did God say? It's the vision gift. After many months of giving, less than a month ago, a building that that had for sale for 10 years sold in Huntsville and changed their whole financial situation. Happened 10 years. You start kingdom builders. You work your plan. God begins to say, watch what happens when I get involved in this thing. But I love this. Listen, listen to this. It said, I didn't realize it, but I prayed for kingdom builders for years and didn't know what I was praying for. What does that mean? This one said, I prayed for money to give to buy women and children out of slavery in India, which we do. For the dream centers, which we do. For the different missions for Israel. This person said, I never had the money like I thought I would to give to these needs. But when you announced Kingdom Builders last year and explained it, then it dawned on me, this is my prayer answer. It was not just me to give to these needs, but all of us together at Calvary. You see what happens suddenly, this dream of making an impact in the world, all of us want to do that. Now it's not just me, it's we. And now together, what we can never do by ourselves, we're literally changing regions and areas. It's, it's stunning to be a part of that. So what do you do? You, 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 you plan. This is what I'm going to do, God. And you work that plan. As you go along, you begin, to, you, you begin to pray and you begin to realize, this is not just me. What if God gets in this thing? What if I give him my lunch and the, God blesses it and the little lunch feeds 5,000 people in their family? See, what if I give God what's in my hand? What if I give him mine and then God comes on top of this? That's a vision. What is the vision? So we're learning to pray and listen to God. See, we write that down. Then as you walk in that vision, this stuff starts happening. It's Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask, dream, or imagine. You get a dream for God. Usually when you get a dream, listen to me, it's so big and crazy, don't tell anybody else. Just hold on to the dream. See, you work the plan, you write down the vision, and you hold on to the dream. And you just let it kind of incubate. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just kind of let it work. I remember Dr. Cho reading one of his books. He, he, see, sometimes it's hard to explain a dream. He, he, there he was in that, that going to pastor someday, the largest church in the world, 800,000 members. That's just crazy. I, I know a pastor went over there, and they said, we want you to speak for Dr. Cho. He was kind of disappointed because when he got there, they told him he was going to teach the seventh grade Sunday school class. He's like, come on, man. I'm, 
you know, an American preacher. I'm the big guy. And you know, teach seventh grade Sunday school class. He said he walked in, there was uh, 2,000 kids in the class, you know, in the seventh grade class. So, so Dr. Cho starts in this little place. Sometimes he would just cover himself up with blankets and sleep all night inside that ragged tent because they had prayer meeting early the next day. He didn't have any way to get around. And one day, the young guys around him, he told them, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a red bicycle and a desk and a chair for me to study in my little apartment. They said, oh, pastor. So they came over to his apartment. And they said, where's your desk? Where's your chair? I don't see a bicycle. Dr. Cho said, I'm pregnant with him. And they started making fun of him. I said, our pastor is pregnant with a bicycle. Our pastor pregnant with a chair. And they would go by him and pat his stomach. Pastor, how's the chair doing? Pastor, how's that bicycle? But he just kept incubating the dream, praying over what God told him, praying over what God said. One day he invites his skeptic, come over to my house, his little apartment. He said, they walked in, they go, whoa, pastor, where'd you get that desk? And you know how they said, because we're the standard, right? He said, look, you've got one of those chairs with rollers on it like the American offices. Where did you get that? And then he took him in his bedroom and opened the door, and there was his red bicycle to ride to his apartment at church. See, sometimes God does something in your heart because you've been working the plan, because you've been believing the vision that he puts a dream. You don't have to always tell everybody your dream. People don't get being pregnant with bicycles. That's okay. You understand what I'm saying? Your family probably... You know, they're not going to get that. You don't, don't tell everybody everything you know about your dreams. But hold on to them. Hold on to them. Because God is going to do something with you and me and through us. He's going to stretch us. I want you to stand with me. I want to I share something as you stand. Come on, stand with me. I'm a, I'm a minute or two over. I'm sorry. But i got to tell you this because this is so critical for someone in this room. Musicians are coming. Listen, listen, listen. Stand is not code for leave. Come on, stand. Listen to me, listen to me. I believe what I want to say here in this minute or two could literally save the rest of your life. It's so important, so important. Kingdom Builders is, is for the harvest fields, for the world, for what we do. It's for right here around us, listen to me, but it's for you. It's for you. And let me tell you why it's for you, because it could save your life. I want you to get this. See, let's think of a clock real quickly. Think of a clock. The old-fashioned one, okay? Hands go around. You ever see one of those? Okay, it's not digital. It's a round clock. And at the top of that clock is what number? Twelve. Come on. Let's say, have you been there spiritually? Man, you're happy and you're blessed. And you love God and you're praying and your spiritual life is healthy. You with me? You everybody with me? You know, been there, you know what it's like there, there. But there's this thing called the gravity of our carnal nature. And, and if we don't keep taking care of business... This thing just without us trying, what happens? We look up, we're at 3 o'clock on our spiritual health. And we're not praying like we used to pray. And, you know, and we're starting to slip on some things. And, and you know what happens? Watch, watch, watch. Uh, boom. Down on the bottom. Man, it's 6 o'clock. We're embarrassed. And we're like, how did I get here? What did I do? I never thought I'd be like this again. Are you with me? And in that lowest moment when everybody else has said, I had enough of you. 
you know what, you do this all the time. And the sad thing is, maybe you do. But right there, when everybody else left you, you begin to say, oh, God, I'm sorry, God. Forgive me, God. Have mercy on me, God. And you know what happens? He hears you. And he begins to answer your prayer. You know what happens? You start coming up, rising up out of the ashes. And you get up to about 9 o'clock, and you're like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. And you, you you're looking. Now, now you've got faith and hope. You're going to get back to where you were. Oh, thank God I'm back on the top. I'm at 12. It's, it's good, God. Thank you, God. And I'm back up. Oh, you got me out of God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm so good. I, I can chill out and rest now. I'm just thankful. Uh, don't raise your hand. You relate to that? And before you know it, boom, you hit the bottom again. And you've been around that clock face so many times that you're beginning to think, I can't break this cycle. I can't get out of this. Listen, the only place you break that cycle is at the top, not at the bottom. And the next time you get to the top, you have to do something you've never done before. Or you're going to go right back to that thing. Are you with me? The momentum's there. You're coming up. You're coming up. You're coming up. You're where you want to be, but how do I stay there? Listen, because you can't stay. It's right there. You've got to break into another place or you're going to go right back down in that cycle again. And I said kingdom builders will save your life, and I'll tell you why. Because when you get to the top, you are going to have to do something you haven't done before. You're going to have to grab hold of something that is stronger than what's pulling you down. You're going to have to grab something that will lift you, encourage you, challenge you, give you a new identity, a new purpose, and a passion. Restore your first love. Put your soul on fire again. You've got to grab something at the top that has the power to pull you out of that cycle. Kingdom builders can do that. It breaks the routine of just going to church. It breaks the routine of it's all about me. It helps me understand who I really am. It pulls me out. Everybody with me? Puts me at another level in my life. Kingdom builders is a gift to us. It's a gift to us. To break the cycles, go to another level. You get it? You see it? You see the gift of kingdom builders?